Welcome. It's time for the thrilling final chapter of The Curse of Zambezi. Hello, Hathaway Fawn. This is Dr. Sutter Bestcorp returning your call, Hathaway. Hey, Doc. How you doing? Where have you been, Hathaway? It's been years! Yeah, I know. Sorry. Can you give me a hand? Sure. Who got poisoned this time? It's actually two someones. I hope it's poison, and that you can prove it for me. Well, I'll try. But what do you need me to do? Can you meet me here at the home of Otis T. Finch on Long Island? Okay, Hathaway, but... I'll give you the address here in just a minute. But Hathaway, what do you mean you hope it's been poison? Because if it isn't, I'm going to go off my rocker. What? Because the only other possible cause of death could be a curse. The curse of Zambezi. Zam... who? Zambezi, an Egyptian pharaoh who died a few thousand years ago. What? Central Middle School and the Comet Theater Group present a Comet TV production of The Escapades of Private Investigator Hathaway Fawn. The following is an account of the investigation into the case of The Curse of Zambezi. I call Dr. Sutter Bescord, an old school chum because she is known as one of the foremost toxicologists in the country. And I was telling the truth. I hoped it was some kind of poison that could be identified as the cause of death for Samuel Perkins and subsequently his uncle Otis T. Finch. Both apparently believed in the curse of an Egyptian pharaoh, a curse that was said to befall anyone who violated his ancient tomb on the banks of the Nile. Samuel had done this by excavating the tomb, but his uncle on Long Island had only touched the bones that Samuel had airmailed to him. He was opening the package that Master Samuel, God rest his soul, the package that Master Samuel had just sent him before he had died there in the, at the tomb in Egypt. I had brought the package back here to the library for Mr. Finch. Go on, Graves. Well, then you rang the doorbell and I left him with it. And I answered the door. You and I came in here and... Yeah, we found him. Dead. From the curse of Zambezi, Miss Fawn. <laughs> Graves, I don't believe it. A friend of mine, Dr. Sutter Bescord, will be here shortly, and she'll be able to... But shouldn't we notify the police? No, no, we can do that later. But, but, are we to leave poor Mr. Finch just lying there? For the time being, yes, until Dr. Bescord examines him. Okay, as you wish, ma'am. That is what I wish. Graves, one person in this confusing mess that Hathaway hadn't given a second thought to. As it turned out, there wasn't time to. A few moments later, Dr. Bescord arrived in a car equipped like a miniature laboratory, no doubt as a result of the police work she was frequently called upon to do. First, of course, in her capacity as a medical doctor, she made a full examination of Otis T. Finch for the purposes of completing a death certificate. Well, it was poison all right, Hathaway. I am sure of it. At least as sure as I can be, short of doing a full autopsy. Well, what kind of poison? Any idea how it was administered? At the risk of making it sound like an old detective novel, I would say it was an extremely rare... Well... Well what? Come on, tell me. 
Well, it's something I haven't seen or heard of in years. It's something that's related to the old Mayan arrow poisons from the 14 and 1500s, and it's very difficult to detect. What? Can, can you verify that? Yes, I think so. If you can help me drag in some additional equipment from the car, I think we can pinpoint the chemical compound. So, now from what you told me, only two people have touched the bone since the minute they were discovered in the tomb? Correction, three. What? Three? There were three people who touched the bones. An Egyptian laborer, Samuel Perkins, and now the late Otis T. Finch. And they all died? But Hathaway, the poison I'm thinking of could not have been put on the bones of the mummy in the time of the pharaohs. This poison is from the Americas, not Egypt. Oh, I have no one here has touched those bones. No, I left them just as they are. I haven't even touched the packaging material. Good. Any of it may be fatal to the touch. I will carefully spray them down when we get the equipment in here. Dr. Sutter Bestcourt and Hathaway brought in all the equipment and books on toxicology she would need to research poisons, and to run detailed tests on the bones, the packaging, Otis T. Finch, and anything else she saw fit. Then, Dr. Bestcourt locked herself in the library and began to do her experiments. As a matter of routine in a case of death, Hathaway called in the local police to report the passing of Mr. Finch and describe the situation. Next. She tried to call Pamelia Hodges, but she didn't answer. Hathaway was about to drive over to her apartment when Dr. Bescourt came out of the library. I was right, Hathaway. It was Caraba Arsinium. Is that the name of the stuff? Yep. In its powder form, it can be easily be absorbed through the pores in the skin, and it's fatal almost immediately. Somehow, between the times those old bones of the king were discovered and the time that Samuel Perkins touched them, someone put poison on them! What? How? Without endangering themselves? Well, it looks like keeping it in a gel-like solution until the bones were sprayed with it. Sprayed with it? Wait a minute. Yeah? Sprayed with it? Huh? A doctor who was on the expedition told me that the bones had been sprayed with some kind of preservative even before the Egyptian laborer had touched them. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, right. Instead of a preservative, the bones were sprayed with the poison. Well, who sprayed the bones? I have a wild idea, Dr. Bescord, but if it's right, it will sew up this whole case. I wonder who that is. Well, while you go find out, I'm going to double check these results just to be sure. But it's a matter of routine, because I am sure of the initial results. I beg your pardon, ma'am. Yes, Graves? Miss Pamelia Hodges is here. Huh? And her older sister Candace is here as well. Shall I show them in? Yes, by all means. Oh, Miss Fawn, this is a terrible thing that has happened. Is that really the way you feel about it, Pamelia? Just what do you mean by that, Miss Fawn? Who are you? Oh, I'm Candace Hodges, Pamelia's sister. Well, well, come right on in, Candace, because I have a sneaking suspicion you are the person I have been looking for. What? 
Is your conscience finally beginning to haunt you? Would you like to sit down and write your confession right now? What are you talking about? Or did you and Familia just come here to put up a front? You know, as a cover-up. I-I-I don't know what you're talking about. Pathway, what are you saying? <laughs> sit down, both of you. Yeah, because I'm going to be saying plenty. Look here, Miss Fawn. Sit down, I said. <laughs> sit down. Alright, Pamelia, I'll begin with you. But, Hathaway, I don't understand. Listen to me. From what you told me, and I have no other reason to believe it except that you told me, Samuel Perkins was in love with you. That's true. At any rate, he made you part beneficiary of his $100,000 life insurance policy. Half of it, a cool $50,000. Hathaway, how could you say that? Oh, be quiet! Miss Fawn, I- Oh, I'm coming to you, Candace. You are working for the museum, where your father is the curator of archaeology. That has depended quite a lot on Samuel Perkins' scientific contributions and his financial support as well. Well, that might be true, but- Hey, now look here! The museum, the other beneficiary, also for $50,000. Miss Fawn, if you are implying that I had anything to do with Samuel Perkins' death? You don't know. You can shut up too and let me talk. This is the first chance that I've had to actually begin to tie this case up. The first time any of these crazy elements have actually made sense. So, tell me this. Otis T. Finch was opposed to Samuel's involvement in the museum. Oh, well, yes. Sure, and I'll bet my bottom dollar that if something happened to both Samuel and his uncle, the estate, worth over a million dollars, was willed by Samuel to the museum. That's true, Hathaway, but no one... No wonder Otis Steve Finch was afraid for Samuel's life, because he knew who would ultimately benefit most from his death. No wonder he didn't like you, Pamelia. Hathaway, you can't mean that you think that I... that I... No, 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 I think you were only being used as a pawn, Pamelia. You told me yourself how your father opposed you marrying him, how his only interest was in getting more and more financial support for the museum. Is that true, Candace? Yes, yes, Miss Bond, that, that is true. But if you imply that I or any of us were involved in wanting Samuel dead- Candace, the more I think about it, the more I am sure you are directly involved. <laughs> That's a lie! Well, I'm not done. I swear to it, Miss Fong, you're wrong! It's a lie! Well, we will see about that, because there is one thing you may have overlooked. I know exactly what killed Samuel Perkins. Oh, you do? Yes, Candace, I do. Just as well as you do. Uh, hi, uh, I don't have the least. Was it the Curse of Zambezi, Hathaway? <laughs> the Curse of Zambezi? Not by a long shot. Was it, Candace? I told you! I don't have the foggiest idea! Alright, then tell me this. Did you spray the preservatives on the bones found in the King Zambezi's tomb? before anyone touched them. I, I refuse to touch them because of the curse. Will you listen to me? Somebody touched them, sprayed them with a so-called preservative. And I mean, so-called. Oh, well, I don't know why you should. Oh? Well, that's common practice these days, to protect the bones, in case you don't know it. I fail to see what this has anything to do with. It was supposed to be a preservative. But in reality, it was a deadly poison that the Mayans used. What? Oh, come now, Candace. 
you must be wrong. That would be impossible. You know, Candace, you are quite convincing, I must admit. Well, that's because it's true. I applied that preservative, Miss Fawn. Oh, you did? Why, yes. It was a gel-like substance? Of course, that's what we use. And I'll bet you washed your hands very carefully right away, didn't you? Why, yes, of course I did. I was told to. By whom? By... Oh, no. No. Candace, what... what is it? Oh, no. Tell me, Candace. Candace! Well, do you know anything about a man who tried to intercept me on my way to Egypt to make sure I didn't get there until the bones of the Zambezi were sprayed and sent back to Otis T. Finch after Samuel Perkins had died? No, no, I really don't. Well, then try answering this one. Did you make the preservative solution that you used on the bones of Zambezi? No. Then who did? And who told you to be sure to wash your hands immediately after using it? Well? Candace? Oh no! I, I'm afraid so, Pamelia. Oh no! Tell me, Candace! I beg your pardon, Miss Vaughn, but Dr. Hodges is, has just arrived. Miss Vaughn, I am Dr. Archer Hodges, Senior Character of Archaeology at the Museum. Well, well, Mr. Hodges, I am really glad to see you. Pamelia, Candace, Miss Fawn, I've come to pick up the bones of the Pharaoh Zambezi that I understand Samuel Perkins sent to his uncle, rather than to me, by some sort of mistake. Oh yes, sure. I had an idea that you would want to pick up those bones, Dr. Hodges, and I will give them to you on one condition. Oh, what's that? That you take them out of the package that they arrived in with your own bare hands. That you carry them out of this house, also in your own bare hands. Why, that's a silly request. Will you? Of course not! Why? Well, um... Because... Such priceless relics are too fragile to... Too full of deadly poison that you had the bones sprayed with? Caraba Arsinium, I believe it's called. I don't know what you're talking about. Candace, what have you been telling this? It's true, isn't it, Father? Well, Dr. Hodges? Dad? I don't know how you found it, but I'll tell you this. You won't ever live to tell. Put that thing down! I'll get you! Come here! Father! <clears throat> wait a minute! Quick, tell him that fire poker! <clears throat> Daddy! No! <gasps> Did that do it? You hit him good with that silver tray right over the head. He's out cold, but I think he'll live. Good. I knew some of that police work I've been doing would come in handy sooner or later. All that sneaking around really paid off. Thanks for barging in at the last moment. Well, I was just coming to tell you that I was able to confirm the test results we talked about earlier. I guess Dr. Hodges already confirmed it. Yeah, I guess he did. So, I guess the museum will profit greatly from the insurance money and the million dollar estate of Samuel Perkins and Otis T. Finch. 
The museum will go on, but without Dr. Archer Hodges. He will be spending a long time in jail. I wonder if I had investigated the curse of King Touch, if the results would have been the same as what I discovered in The Case of the Curse Zambezi. Well, that's the way Hathaway told the story to me, Dr. Sutter Bestcourt, and I wrote it down. Just in case anyone ever tries to convince you that the curse of King Tut or Zambezi or anyone else is real. The cast and crew of The Curse of Zambezi would like to thank you for tuning into this thrilling tale of action and adventure. We hope you enjoyed. The Curse of Zambezi stars Evan Yergel as Dr. Archer Hodges, Olivia Burchett as Candace Hodges, Olivia Sutton as Graves, Sidney Tarazinski as Dr. Sutter Bescord, Amelia Zoldak as Pamelia Hodges, and Addison Waldo as Hathaway Fawn. With technical assistance from Perina Sony, Eleanor Kissel, Mia Estrada, and Haley Sabin. I'm your narrator, Nathaniel Nordwin Caraballo. The Curse of Zambezi is inspired from the teleplays created by Jack Johnson and is written and directed by Michael Doyle.